fullness of life, discussing topics important to your life of faith and ways to grow in a life of grace. Join us each month as we inspire listeners to a deeper relationship with the Lord to live his fullness of life. Now, here's your host, Letty Medina. Hello, my name is Letty Medina, and I am the host for this new show called Fullness of Life. This is WSFI 88.5 FM radio, or for those of you listening online at WSFIRadio.org, welcome. Again, my name is Letty Medina, and it is my great honor to be able to um, welcome, welcome you to this inaugural show. It's the first show of, I hope, many to come. And um, my friend Ann Busick is sitting here with me, and she's going to join me as my co-host today. Hi, Ann. Hi, Letty. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you so much for inviting me. I, I can't tell you how happy I am to be here with you today. Um, you know, I think it's so exciting to get a new radio show going. I think it's the opportunities to help people encounter the Lord through all that you have planned for the show. Are It's just all very exciting. And I'm just really happy to be able to be here to co-host with you today and to help people in this first show to help them get to know you a little bit better. So I'm really happy to be here. Thank you so much. Um, just so uh, people know a little bit about why I asked Anne to be here. So Anne's a dear, dear friend of mine. We have been friends and sisters in Christ for uh, over 21 years now. And um, she's been a, a sister to me in so many ways um, along the faith journey. And so she knows a lot about my personal story. And so she really is the perfect co-host for me to help launch this show because we have, we both have a great love and zeal for the Lord and sharing our love with others because uh, we've really kind of dedicated our lives to serving him yes. and witnessing to him. Yes, we have. And, you know, just, just to share a little bit more about that, we both um, and Letty will share more with you about this shortly, but we both had uh, very profound encounters with the Lord through uh, the uh, apparition site of Medjugorje in Bosnia-Herzegovina. And that's something that brought us together uh, because we both have such a great love for that place um, that brought us together. And that's just been such a, a special place in each of our journeys. And um, as we begin, I actually, I wanna just share a quick little thing. Um, you know, our, our host, her name is Letty, and the Latin, uh, her real name is Letitia. The Latin um, meaning of that word is joy. And as Letty said, we've known each other for many years now. And I can truly say that um, one of the things that really marks her and uh, such a good way to describe her is joy. And although her parents certainly didn't know what her personality would be like when she was born, but she was given the perfect name because she really does carry the joy of the Lord. And I know as you go forward listening to this program, you will encounter that yourselves in her. Thank you, Anne. Um, that is a very precious part of, of the meaning of my name, and it really does fill my heart with joy that that um, goes along with my name. Um, so thank you for sharing that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess I want to start this first segment of the show and share a little bit about my personal journey. Mm -hmm. um, and you, again, mentioned uh, that we both had major conversions in Medjugorje. Can you share a little bit first about Medjugorje so our listeners kind of understand a, yeah. a bit about it? Yeah, absolutely. For those people who are not familiar with Medjugorje, and I'm hoping that that's less and less people in today's time. Me too. I'm certainly hoping that more and more people know about it, but um, it's a place of apparitions of Our Lady. Uh, I guess we should say alleged apparitions because it's not yet been approved. 
uh, but we're certainly getting closer to that. Um, but it's a place where Our Lady began to appear in 1981 um, in what was then former Yugoslavia, now it's the country of Bosnia-Herzegovina, and she continues to appear there every day. So these have been, uh, we just had the 38th anniversary of the apparitions. Um, and just to say a quick word about, uh, for people who may not know, um, it's not yet approved, as I mentioned, but it is getting closer to that. And um, it's, uh, the, the church has actually taken Medjugorje very seriously now, and they've appointed a bishop to oversee Medjugorje. Um, who reports directly to our Holy Father. Um, the Vatican recently has approved uh, official pilgrimages to Medjugorje, so everything is really looking uh, just absolutely wonderful in terms of the future of Medjugorje. And uh, so just, you know, there's a lot to say about Medjugorje, but just to give a brief intro for people who may not know. Thank you for that. So yeah, you know, just to, to share again who I am and why um, I'm sitting here today um, starting my own Catholic radio show. So um, I was raised in a family that um, was not greatly devout. Um, we were Catholic uh, in name. Uh, I knew that my parents believed in God, and they taught me a, a bit about God, but we did not go to church every Sunday. We were more of what I called Christers, Christmas Easter Catholics. And so, um, you know, it, it wasn't like I grew up just with a strong love for the Lord. I just didn't really have that foundation as a child. Um, but what happened is that my parents, uh, Rudy and Emma Valdez, they, um, they had four children. I have an older brother, an older sister, and a twin brother. And uh, my twin brother and I were breech, uh, and so we had a very difficult birth, and I was blessed to be able to be born without any trauma. My, my twin brother was unfortunate in that he was larger, and he got stuck in the birth canal, and he ended up having brain damage from lack of oxygen, so cerebral palsy. So he was severely um, damaged at birth, and this, as you can imagine, was a very um, heavy cross for my parents. Um, then you fast forward to um, 1986, and my older sister, 25 years of age at the time, um, had a mental breakdown. So then you have two of the four children who had extremely difficult crosses, a lot of suffering, and you can only imagine how, how crushing that was yeah. for my parents. Very heavy cross to carry. Yeah, and it was, it was to the point that they were kind of losing hope mm -hmm. a little bit because, you know, how do you find God in the midst of such suffering? It's very hard, especially when you don't already have the foundation established. Like they, mm -hmm. they didn't. They weren't practicing their faith uh, very regularly. So luckily, thank goodness for godparents that are faithful, um, my godmother happened to be a very faithful, prayerful woman, and she was friends with my mother. She knew the, of their struggles, and she invited them on a pilgrimage to Medjugorje. And um, so they went in um, 1989. That was very early on. It was. It was. And um, all I can tell you, I was, at, I was in veterinary school at the time at Texas A&M University. I came home for a visit after they returned from their pilgrimage, and they were transformed. And I was kind of, like, shocked. Like, what mm. happened to you guys? Like, what is going on? And they really, they couldn't stop talking about their experience in Medjugorje and how, how much they had been touched by the 
fact that they believed that the Blessed Mother was appearing there, that they had had received great graces, a lot of peace. They kept saying, oh, the peace that you feel mm-hmm. in Medjugorje. And as you know, yeah. she is called... The Queen of Peace. The Queen of Peace yes. in Medjugorje. That's her title that she gave. Um, and I can say, you know, that's that was so so beautiful for me to see the peace that they had, the newfound faith. They had an altar set up in their home that I had, they'd wow. never had an altar <laughs> with beautiful. a crucifix, a Bible, a rosary. Mm-hmm. You know, like all of a sudden they became very faithful and they started going to mass every Sunday. Uh, my mom started praying numerous rosaries every day. My dad started going to mass every day. He got up every morning. I would see him kneeling and reading his Bible when I was home. Mm. So I was just very touched by this transformation because I, I knew it couldn't be explained by human standards. Well, so what happened at that point is they gave me my own rosary from Medjugorje. Mm. And so I really cherished that rosary. And I began to pray um, the rosary on occasion. I was going to Mass once in a while, but I well, wasn't. Can I ask you a question? Yes, So you please. saw this change in them. Did that, and you were impressed by the change, did it make you go, I need to make a change, or were you just not ready yet at the I time? I was definitely not ready, and I was in the middle of my 20s, and I was quite, you know, foolish <laughs> in many <laughs> ways. I was having way too much fun going to parties and, you know, um, just not, living the life that perhaps I should have been living. And I, and I wasn't going to church regularly myself. I, I, I believed in the Lord. I had grown a bit in my faith, but I wasn't really walking as closely with him as I knew. And so what I began to feel was I felt the Lord pursuing me. And mm-hmm. it, it, I don't know how you explain that feeling, except that I could feel him tugging at my heart, trying to get me to turn to him. And I kept putting my hand out and saying, Lord, I'm not ready. Mm, <laughs> I'm so not many ready. Of us do that, don't we? Yeah, unfortunately. Um, so I ran, and um, he kept pursuing me. And one of the titles that I love uh, for our Lord is the Hound of Heaven. Mm-hmm. And truly, that's what yeah. it felt like that there was someone chasing after me, trying to get me to turn my life to him. Um, so then you fast forward to 1992. I get married. I met my husband, Chris, um, at Texas A&M. He's also a veterinarian. And um, we fell in love. We got married in 1992. And during our wedding, I went to the altar of Mary, and I left my bouquet of roses, and I said a very sincere prayer from my heart. And I said, you know, Blessed Mother, I know we're not living the life that we're supposed to be. Will you please help us to grow closer to your son and and bless our marriage be with us in our marriage and it was a really sincere prayer Mm -hmm. i felt the need for that prayer So uh, a few years later, um, we had a crisis in our marriage. And again, not surprising, right? When you're getting pulled in so many directions, you're not walking with the Lord as closely as you should be. The enemy is very real, right? And what does the enemy like to do? He likes to destroy marriages, destroy families, Mm -hmm. crush people and Mm -hmm. turn them away from God even further, lead them to despair and hopelessness, right? And today when crises hit marriage, the first thing people do is... is run away from each other. Exactly. You guys didn't do that. No. It, you ran it, towards each it, other. And I do believe it was that rosary. I do. Mm-hmm. Um, that the la- Our Lady was with me in that moment of crisis. I, I fell to my knees. I cried out to her mm-hmm. and I reminded her of my sincere prayer on my wedding mm-hmm. day. And all I can tell you again is I had the grace um, to really begin to trust and turn my heart more fully to God and to mm-hmm. our, our Lady. 
And I felt them walking with us as we started to work on our marriage and we really fought to bring our marriage back to where it needed to be. And then about a year after that crisis, I asked my husband, would you go on a pilgrimage with me to Medjugorje? Mm. Because I really desired a deeper conversion at that point. Mm -hmm. I really wanted what I had seen my parents receive. The hound of heaven was catching you. <laughs> he was. And um, it, was, it was like, I'm tired of running. I'm mm -hmm. tired of making excuses. I'm ready. I'm ready. Mm -hmm. Luckily, my husband um, agreed to go on the pilgrimage with me. So in July, August timeframe of 1997, five years into our marriage, um, we went on a pilgrimage together. And I went with a wide open heart. Like my mm -hmm. heart was literally just doors <laughs> wide open. And I said, my prayer in my heart was, Lord, change my heart and make it yours. Like, I'm giving it to you. I'm holding nothing back from you. Take it. Take it. Take full control of my life, Lord. And you know what? When you offer that to the Lord, he's going to grab it. <laughs> Be careful. I know. <laughs> he takes it. And he, and he did. He answered the prayer of my heart. He changed my heart. After a week in that beautiful little village, I was transformed. I was made mm. a new creation. I was madly in love with so him. So you felt that instantaneously happen? I mean, yes. Wow. I, I was yeah. literally doused in grace when mm -hmm. I was during, on that pilgrimage. And I mean, I spent a lot of time praying and just asking mm -hmm. the Lord for the graces I needed to become the woman he was calling me to be, thanking him for mm -hmm. getting us through this crisis, thanking the Blessed Mother for calling us to this place. It was just a, just a graceful time. Mm -hmm. It truly was. And so you come home from that. You've gone through this intense experience in your marriage, and you go off on this pilgrimage. You've seen the conversion of your parents. So what happened to you when you came home? How did your own life change? How did your heart change when you came home? Yeah, so, I mean, I was, I was, I was transformed into a woman who was hungry for the Lord, and I began to seek him as much as I possibly could. Mm -hmm. I, I looked for him um, at everywhere. And the interesting thing is we moved up to Illinois within a month of my conversion. So all of a sudden, I'm madly in love with the Lord, and I have no friends around me to share my faith with. And I'm in a new place. I don't even have people at church that I know. And so it was really a difficult time for me in that sense. Even though Chris believed it and he was touched by it, he didn't go with a wide open heart like I did. So he wasn't madly in love with the Lord. Mm -hmm. He didn't n totally understand where I was. So I really began to pray for faithful friends. Mm -hmm. I'm very happy about that prayer. <laughs> that brought us together. <laughs> exactly. And, and what I want to share with the listeners is that um, if you don't have faithful friends in mm -hmm. your life, I'm, I'm here to tell you it's one of the greatest gifts God can give you. And again, he will give you that, that gift because it is one of the most precious gifts yes. on the journey of faith. And um, within four months of me arriving in Illinois, I met Anne. Um, I met several other dear sisters, Kathy and Cindy as well. And it was at a, um, a Marian conference mm -hmm. in, in Chicago. So yes. no surprise there. People no who were hungry there. for our, our, a closer walk with Our Lady, a greater depth of love um, for our Lord. And so we, I met Kathy standing in line for confession of all things. It's kind of a funny story. <laughs> Not a common place to meet people, right? Right. And and you had been with Kathy and Cindy on a pilgrimage. Mm -hmm. That's right. Not not too many months before that. Exactly. So it was the, a beautiful beginning mm -hmm. to our friendship because we all kind of had that 
that bond of having been touched by Medjugorje in a profound way. And, you know, Letty and I over the years have often commented, you know, like when we read about the lives of the saints, so often you'll hear Saint so-and-so who was best friends with Saint so-and-so or like (laughs) all these saints who all seem to know each other. And there were times where we'd go, how is it that all these saints hung out with each other? And, And really, I think it's exactly what you're saying, Letty. It's when we surround ourselves with people who are also seeking the Lord, who also want that fullness of life, um, it, it forms and shapes us. You know, the Lord obviously forms and, forms and shapes us interiorly, but he, puts, but he puts people in our lives and he wants us to be surrounded by people who can help support that new life. And so that's exactly what you did. Absolutely. And, and that is, again, you know, how I come to be sitting with Anne today because um, in that co- conversion experience, I really was hungering for a fullness of life in him Mm -hmm. and walking with other people who were seeking that same kind of fullness of life was really important. And so that's kind of how we grew closer throughout the years. And then God brought other people, Mm -hmm. you know, into my life here and there too, who also had that same hunger. And it's, it's just been such a joy, um, to walk with others of faith like that. Um, one of the things I want to share is that, um, God blessed me at that time early on and after my conversion with a beautiful spiritual director. Um, his name is Father John Griggis. Um, he's gone home to, to be with the Lord. Um, some of our listeners may uh, know who he was. He was a Franciscan priest who um, was at Marytown, the shrine to Maximilian Colby in Libertyville, Illinois, um, on and off for several mm-hmm. decades. And he was such a great gift to me because I was so in love with the Lord that I literally wanted to live in, you know, in the, in the skies with, in the heights. (laughs) Right. And he, as a spiritual director, helped to pull me down to reality Mm -hmm. and to what was the most important thing, which was of course my vocation Mm -hmm. as a wife and mother. And, and I needed that wisdom because I was, my, my life had been so transformed that the danger exists that -hmm. you can go a little overboard with your love for the Lord and you start running off to this retreat and that retreat. And that's not healthy. There's such great wisdom in what Father John directed you to do. And back then, because I I remember so many of our conversations back then, you were ready to jump full force into (laughs) ministry, into helping other people find what you had found. And Father John very wisely said, things have to be in the right order. And right order for you right now at that point in your life was to live out your vocation as wife and mother. Absolutely. So again, it was it was a great gift. And the way I found him is I was going to Marytown and um, going to Mass. And I heard him preach a number of times. And every time he preached, I was just yeah. so touched by the by his love for the Lord, his his the way he spoke truth, it, I recognized it as truth, and I just knew I could trust him. So I wrote a letter, and you, you'll hear about me in letters. <laughs> I write a lot of letters. <laughs> yes, she does. I wrote this letter. I just poured my heart into this letter to him, and I asked him if he might meet with me a few times because I was going through a lot of spiritual changes and challenges, and I needed help discerning the path. And so luckily he called me and agreed to meet with me one or tw- once or twice, and that turned into five blessed years. Five beautiful years. Unbelievably grace-filled years. Um, because he knew that the Lord was asking him to guide mm-hmm. me because I was so full of love for the yes. Lord that he had to kind of really be careful in guiding me. <laughs> now, so you go through this discernment process with him where where the Lord is, uh, where the Lord is uh, basically saying, be focused on your family. And then, and maybe we can talk about this after the, after the break, the Lord took you on a deeper process of healing yourself. 
Yes, he did. we can cover that in our next segment. Yes, it's time for a commercial break, but please stay tuned because the next part of my story is one of my favorite parts to share um, because God is a, is a God of healing. And he's the divine physician. And so please come back at 88.5 WSFI Radio um, or WSFIRadio.org, and uh, we'll be right back after this commercial break. Welcome back. This is Letty Medina, and you are listening to the brand new show, Fullness of Life, on WSFI 88.5 Catholic Radio. Um, so I uh, was just sharing a little bit about my personal conversion, and um, we're now back for the second segment of this show. Yeah, we, so in the first section, in the first segment, we learned about a little bit about your background and how the Lord really captured your heart on a pilgrimage to Medjugorje. Um, and then we're, we kind of want to go into a little bit of a deeper area of your journey now, and that is that the Lord really did some uh, deep healing in your heart um, a number of years ago. And as somebody who walked with you through all of that time, um, I remember those years well, all of the many conversations we had about all the things that the Lord was doing to bring a tremendous, deep, profound, life-changing healing to your heart. Um, so would you share a little bit about that? Yeah, thanks, Anne. Um, it's one of my favorite um, parts of my witness to share um, because it's just so beautiful how God um, brought me such profound and deep healing. Mm -hmm. And um, so I have always, ever since my conversion uh, almost 22 years ago, I have always loved the stories of the saints. I mean, they inspire me to no end. So I was reading in 2011, 2012, um, I was reading this book about the mysteries, miracles, and marvels of the lives of the saints. And one chapter in particular really caught my attention. It was, and it was a chapter about saints that had mystical hearts. Mm -hmm. And I remember sharing that with you because yeah. I kept talking about I'd never about, heard of that concept before, a mystical heart. I mean, yeah, so that was all fascinating. It was just like, it just really grabbed my attention and I just thought it was so beautiful. And so um, it wasn't surprising that one day, um, early in 2012, I was kneeling before the Blessed Sacrament doing a holy hour and I was just praying and asking him again to continue to lead me deeper into um, love with him. And all of a sudden I began to feel this burning in my heart and it, it literally felt like a flame mm -hmm. in my heart. And I was, I was a little taken aback <laughs> and I was, I was, but I was like shocked and a little, a little nervous. Like, yeah. what is that? Like, is that me? Am I crazy? Am I imagining is that? It cardiac issues? Yeah. Is it... <laughs> And I was probably like 47, 48 when that happened. And so I, I was, I was, I'm being a medical person. I started thinking, well, maybe, maybe I'm having a heart attack. So <laughs> I was trying to be responsible. And I literally, um, as the weeks went on and I began to feel different things in my heart. When I would go to mass, when I would go and pray in front, in front of the blessed sacrament, when I would pray the rosary, I would often feel pain mm -hmm. in my heart or even my heart moving in my chest. It was very odd. And I think I remember, again, explaining some of these experiences yes. to you. Mm -hmm. uh, it also felt like my heart was like swelling to, mm. to a larger size. That's, I mean, I don't know. This is what I felt. So I was having a lot happening. 
So I made a, a doctor appointment mm-hmm. to go see a cardiologist because I thought, well, gosh, you know, maybe really yeah. I'm having heart issues. Um, not surprisingly, my heart was in perfect health mm-hmm. um, for the stress test they d- did and the you know cardiology exam they they conducted. So once I had those answers affirmed, I felt pretty confident it was spiritual. I, and, and I knew in my heart of hearts, I did know that it yeah. was spiritual because it was happening almost 100% of the time when I was in prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, I finally had the courage to share it with a dear friend of mine who kind of understands some of the mis- mystical life more than most. And, you know, he kind of affirmed for me that um, the Lord was healing my heart. Mm-hmm. And I was a little surprised by this because I didn't know my heart needed healing. <laughs> Uh, but what I've learned since this time was is that, you know what? Everybody needs healing. Yeah, absolutely. Like, do you know anybody who doesn't need healing of some kind? Only people who are not aware of it. Right? <laughs> not, and not that, I mean, they need it too. They're just not aware of it. They're just not. Like, right? you weren't aware of it at I the time. I was not aware of do. it. Absolutely. I, I thought I was pretty, pretty mm-hmm. good. <laughs> and so, um, but but what I what I've learned through all of this is that, you know, the Lord knows that our hearts get wounded by mm-hmm. disappointments we experience, by broken relationships, by angry words that we say or others mm-hmm. say to us, um, by hopes and dreams that have not been realized in yeah. our lives. You know, there's so many ways yes. that our hearts get wounded. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the only way that, that we are able to really receive healing is by running to Him. Mm-hmm. I mean, He is the divine physician, and He wants to heal his people. So what began to happen as I continued down this path of experiencing these things is I began to seek healing. Once I knew that that's what he was doing, I'm like, well, okay, wonderful. Let me assist you, Lord. I will go and (laughs) seek out healing prayers. And I I really do want to encourage listeners to be open to this beautiful grace within the Catholic Church or Mm -hmm. within, you know, the Christian communities, um, Mm -hmm. because the Lord will heal through his people. Yeah. And, you know, I just want to kind of add to that, you know, my own background before I began doing full-time ministry was social work. And, you know, I had a lot of encounters with psychiatrists and therapists and, you know, psychologists and the work that I did, we used a lot of those. We sent people to a lot of those services and all of that is good. But I think one of the things that people forget is that, as you said, our God is a God of healing and that, you know, in addition to those things, that if we seek him and if we go to all of the, the, really the treasures that we have available as Catholics, if we go to the sacraments, if we go to the healing prayers, if we go to, you know, just receive, you know, I think we don't know the power of an ordinary blessing from a priest, you know, no, that, that we, we just, those things can bring tremendous healing. Exactly. And so as you just said, I also want to just kind of echo that, that to encourage people really to seek that, even if you don't know that you need healing, right. you may not be aware of it, but all of us need it. And so just seek those wonderful things that we have available to us. Absolutely. Um, so I've had, I've been so blessed because uh, I've just had amazing people put in my mm-hmm. life, partly through my relationship with you and other friends of mine who are walking closely mm-hmm. with the Lord. We come into to relationship with other people of great faith and they have gifts and yeah. they're involved in these kind of, you know, beautiful prayer teams or whatever they do. Um, so I went to, um, on a weekend with some friends and uh, there was a beautiful older priest who happened to be very filled with the Holy Spirit and very willing to pray with me. I asked him if he would pray with me. And when he prayed with me, he stopped all of a sudden after several minutes and he said, honey, what's wrong? 
Mm. And I said, I don't, what do you mean, Father? And he said, I'm praying over you, and I, I, nothing can get through. The graces can't get through. And I said, well, you know, it's funny that you say that, but I've been told that there is a lot of spiritual warfare against my family, um, and so I, I don't know if that might have anything to do with it. And he said, well, let me pray prayers of deliverance. Mm-hmm. And so, again, another beautiful thing that many people don't recognize is that the Lord gives the priest the, mm-hmm. that grace of praying prayers of deliverance. And so he, when he prayed those prayers of deliverance over me, at the end of that prayer time, and it, it didn't last that long, you know, maybe five, ten minutes, he said, oh, honey, that was it. He said, <laughs> once I prayed the prayers of deliverance, the heavens opened up upon yeah. you, and you were doused with many, many blessings we from the Holy Spirit. We don't know the power that is available to us. We need to be more aware of that, of the power that... It was powerful. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I walked out of that prayer time feeling like mm-hmm. I had been just bowled over by the Lord mm-hmm. with love, yeah. <laughs> love and healing grace. And literally some of the pain in my heart was lessened after mm-hmm. that time. Um, then six months later, I went t- um, to another uh, person who also has profound gifts. And I went, she was having a healing service that night at a Catholic church. I went, I went and shared with her that I was having some of these issues. And she said, okay, well, let's see what the Lord mm-hmm. Lord does. And when she began to pray over me, um, the Lord often you know, gives her very clear, beautiful words for people. Um, she said, oh, he is healing your heart. He's healing the layers of your heart, mm-hmm. those deep wounds that everybody in this world experiences in one way or another, and he's preparing you for ministry. Amen. And my heart <laughs> rejoiced because, Amen. of course, that was the longing of my heart. So, yeah, that, and after that prayer time, most of the pain was gone. And so I, I do believe he did take me through a time mm-hmm. of healing so that I could be prepared to then go out and invite others to healing and fullness of life in him. Well, that's a beautiful transition for the next part of your story. And that is that this particular gift and call that you have um, to be an evangelist, to be a fisher of men, to be somebody who helps other people get to know the Lord. Um, and actually, I want to I want to begin this little uh, this little section by just sharing a, a funny story. And that is uh, many years ago, there was a, a group of uh, friends um, sisters in Christ, um, who went to a conference, uh, a Catholic conference, um, at Notre Dame. And while we were there, uh, Letty was not there. She couldn't join us that time. But while we were there, um, at the end of the evening, we went back to the hotel and the four of us decided we were going to just go chill out in the hot tub for a little bit. And while we were in the hot tub, a woman came in and joined us in the hot tub, a woman that we did not know, and she wasn't there for the conference. And when she found out that we were there for a Catholic conference, she began telling us about how she was a fallen away Catholic, she hadn't been to the sacraments in years, all of this kind of stuff. And I have to say, I say this with great shame right now, (laughs) that we did nothing. You know, we should have encouraged her. We should have said, oh, you know, you should come with us to the conference or, you know, there's many priests there. Maybe, you know, one would be available to hear your confession. And all of us just, I I don't think I would do the same thing today. I know I wouldn't do the same thing today. But back then, uh, we all just sat there and looked at her. And literally afterwards, we all said, we laughed at each other, uh, embarrassed by our own actions. And we all said, you know what, if Letty was here, that wouldn't woman would have been in confession tomorrow (laughs) or maybe even tonight because that is a gift a natural gift that the lord has given you to evangelize people it is a gift it is a hundred percent a gift it is not me it is the lord's will for me to be uh his his disciple his his evangelist his witness 
Um, so he gives me the tools to do it. And how did he do it? Well, when I had my conversion, I went on a retreat at Marytown, and Father John Grigas was the priest that led that retreat. And at the end of the retreat, he, he said this. He said, don't leave this retreat and go back to your old ways. Make a change. Make a commitment to sit one hour in front of the Blessed Sacrament. It will change your life forever. I promise you. And it was such a powerful statement mm -hmm. that it literally captured, again, my heart. And I was like, I have never heard anybody say that something will change your life mm -hmm. if you just do this one simple thing, which is give an hour a week to the Lord. So I went right away and I signed mm -hmm. up for a holy hour at Marytown. And I'm happy to say that almost 22 years later, I'm still in a door at Marytown. Wow, beautiful. And it has been a huge part of my transformation, mm -hmm. ongoing growth in the spiritual life. Mm -hmm. Because sitting at his feet, that is where I have learned from him. That's where he's, he's illuminated my mind and heart to what he's calling me to. And he's blessed me with the gifts and the graces, the, 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 more, the, the greater gifts and graces to be able to even have the courage to start a radio show, yeah. right? Amen. Um, and I would sit there initially for years and I would beg him to make me a fisher of men. And a lot of it was Anne right here in the studio with me. She was an inspiration to me because she was living her faith out boldly. She had left the work in the, the business world or the you know social work world that she had lived in to go and be free and wait on the Lord's call. And I was so inspired mm. by her. And the Lord began to open doors for her. And I was like... Well, Lord, uh, I want doors I open want for me too. <laughs> open doors for me. Yes. So I begged him for 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 several years. Mm -hmm. I sat there praying and praying and praying. And then once again, you and I and several mm -hmm. of our friends went on a weekend away. We had the great opportunity to pray with this beautiful woman who had many beautiful gifts of the spirit. And when she prayed over me, she, one of the things she said was, oh, "I see." fish a school of fish swimming out of your heart <laughs> you are a fisher of men and i, I remember that well began to cry yeah because it was the it was the greatest desire of my heart mm -hmm. and the lord was just affirming it mm -hmm. he had heard my prayer and he had answered it and you know it's it's like the scripture ask and you shall receive seek and you shall yeah. find you know and it, it's we don't ask enough, we don't seek enough, yeah. we don't knock enough. We've got to do that more. And I just want to add something to that. You know, this process for you was many years in the making. Yes. And I think there's so many people who um, really want to do something for the Lord. And sometimes when it doesn't happen instantly, they think they're not called or they give up or something. And so I just want to encourage people, if you're listening and you feel the hound of heaven coming after you or you feel that desire to do something, don't walk away because sometimes because more often than not that time of waiting is really the Lord preparing your heart preparing you exactly. as he prepared you led you over through the healing of your heart and through so many of the different things and so the Lord has a plan and a purpose for us and we just need to keep walking faithfully forward amen amen so the the rest of that kind of like shaping and molding period where he was really kind of working on creating me to be a greater disciple and evangelist for him. So he put on my heart while I was sitting, everything has come to me sitting at, at his feet. Um, mm -hmm. He put on my heart to start a, a rosary group. Mm 
And the way I started I this ro- rosary group, it's kind of funny. I wrote a little flyer up and I said, hi, I'm going to start a rosary group. My name is Letty Medina. Here's my phone number. Here's my address. And I went and put it around the mailboxes in my neighborhood. Well, That's very bold. It was very <laughs> bold of me. And and I didn't know I wasn't supposed to put things in the mailboxes. So I kind of broke the law. But um, we'll gloss over that We won't that tell piece. anyone. Um, but anyways, the only person that answered is Joan, whose house I'm sitting in right now recording this show. So it's kind of funny that 15 years later, she and I have become close, close sisters in Christ. And my other friend, Patty, um, all three of us began that little rosary group. And it was from that rosary group and that prayer, that communal prayer, Mm -hmm. that many additional graces flowed through our husbands, through our children's lives, through our friends' lives. Mm -hmm. And God has done great things. Um, The next thing he put on my heart was to start a teen ministry. And I was arguing with him. I was like, Lord, you got it wrong this time. Truly, you don't know what you're doing. And I said no at first. And again, he wouldn't let me go. He kept bugging me and bugging me. Because my children, my oldest children, I have four children. My two oldest children were getting to the age when they were going to be entering high school. And we didn't have a teen program. And I knew that. I had to step forward and he kind of put on my heart if you don't do it no one will yeah. so he gave me the grace mm-hmm. uh, despite my fears and and we started this beautiful teen ministry um and then the the next thing he did was he um helped us to encourage our husbands to start a bible study and again in this home that we're sitting in the caveman's bible study started about five years ago and so um, called that my husband they met in the basement right Joan's husband Patty's husband all became yes because they met in the caveman's basement um, <laughs> and so that's been a great blessing to our husbands and just about two years ago he put on my heart start a discipleship group and so bring the women and the men together as disciples in Christ adults who are willing mm-hmm. to go out and be intentional disciples and this to, is in your parish correct in our parish mm-hmm. St. Gilbert in Grace Lake um, so we pulled together a discipleship group and we've been meeting for about two years we've been putting on retreats we've been inviting speakers and we're trying to bring more fullness of life to our parish amen so yeah it's been a really amazing part of the journey because again he does all the work and yes he does. i just have to say yes it all started with your fiat in medjugorje it, it did it did mm-hmm. and, and then each time he comes again and he asks me something else and i'm like no okay <laughs> um it takes a little nudging sometimes because it's scary and some of the, sometimes he asks us to do things that are way out of our comfort well, zone well I, I think most of the time he asks us to do things way out of our comfort zone <laughs> because when we do we are relying on him. We're not relying. If we do something that's comfortable, then we're relying on our own strength. And exactly. He wants us to be fully and completely dependent on him and yeah. all the things that we do for the kingdom. Yeah. And and he, you have to learn to trust him, right? Yeah. To, to trust that he's going to give you what you need when you need it mm-hmm. to do his will. And, mm-hmm. and it's about discerning his will, right? Yes. To live that fullness of life, we have to be obedient to him. We have to be listening to him. We have to be mm-hmm. responding faithfully to him. In fact, I would say those are probably the two most critical words in this whole journey is discernment and trust. Yeah. Discerning what he's calling you to and trusting that when he's called you to it, he will accomplish it. Amen. And step out of that boat with, yep. with trust. Yep. He will be there. He will catch you if mm-hmm. you fall. Yeah. It's been a really amazing, um, amazing journey. I, I always say these two things. God has far exceeded my expectations. I mean, truly. And mm-hmm. I, want, I want the listeners to hear this. 
Number one, God has far exceeded my expectations. When I gave my life to him, he has blown me out of the water mm. with how he has poured grace into my life. Mm -hmm. When I said, yes, Lord, I will follow you. I will hold nothing back. And he has uh, just opened the floodgates of yeah. grace. And number two, he has never let me down. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. and what, when I say that, does it mean that every prayer I, that I lift up gets answered the way that I want it to? No, absolutely not. He knows what's best, right? Sometimes I'm, yeah. I don't understand why he answers a prayer a certain way. But in the end, mm -hmm. it always works to the good. Mm -hmm. And that's in scripture, right? He turns everything to good and for those that, who love him. Doesn't that then give you just this tremendous peace? It does. It's freedom and yes. fullness of life. It yes, keeps coming exactly. back to that fullness of life, right? Exactly. Um, so yes, I, I just encourage people, d don't sit where you, where you are. If you aren't living that fullness that you know he's calling you to, mm -hmm. trust in him. He is trustworthy and he wants to take you to places you can't even imagine. Well, that leads us to the subject of the show, right? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. This is Letty Medina on WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, host of the new show, Fullness of Life. It's time for a commercial break, so we'll be right back for our third and final segment. Don't go away. Hello. Welcome back, everyone. This is Letty Medina, and we are in the final segment of this inaugural show, show Fullness of Life. I'm sitting here with my dear friend, Ann Busick, and uh, we've been talking for the last 45 minutes or so about uh, a little bit about who I am and why I feel called to start this show. Yeah, and so for this last segment, uh, let's share with the listeners um, a couple of things. One, um, where the idea came from for the name. And secondly, what is it that you want to accomplish through this radio show? What is it that, what are your goals with this? What are, what are you hoping to achieve here? Yeah. So again, you know, the, the Lord, the way the Lord works in my life, and you know, I, I'm not a person who ever hears him speak to me. I don't have visions, nothing like that. But what he does is he puts things on my heart. And people may wonder what that means. But what that means for me is that when I'm sitting in prayer, all of a sudden, I have this sense of what he's asking of mm -hmm. me. Like, all of a sudden, I just have this idea very clearly formed in my heart, in my mind. And it's like, oh, you want me to start a teen ministry program? Really, Lord? You know, like, I'll have that conversation. It's not like I don't hear a word. I just know just what he's sense. sensing mm -hmm. and putting on my heart. He's making it clear to me in my prayer time. And then he so, confirms it through the things that happen later. Exactly, exactly. And so what he did with this radio show, so I mentioned earlier, I worked as a veterinarian, um, not a typical veterinarian. I worked as a laboratory animal veterinarian, taking care of the research animals at a large company. Um, but I had been wanting to retire because I felt this call to ministry. And so about six months before my retirement, I had been um, getting close to this one friend at work, and she uh, had um, kind of started volunteering for the local Catholic radio show. And she would come and ask advice and things about, about her spiritual life. And so one day out of the blue, she says to me, you know, you need to be on Catholic radio. <laughs> and I, I started laughing when she said that because I, I was like, well, wow, that's out of nowhere, you know. And I said to her, well, if that's what the Lord wants, he'll have to open the door for that, you mm -hmm. know. 
uh, we'll see what he does because I am retiring. Dangerous words. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I just put that in the back of my mind and I continued on. Um, several months later, I had just finished a holy hour at my parish. My pastor, Father John, was um, in a chatty mood. There were several of us. In fact, again, Joan and Paul, whose home I'm sitting in doing this recording, they were also there. And uh, we were chatting with Father John and he was teasing me about retiring early because he was like, you're too young to retire. And I said, Father John, I'm going to be working for the Lord. I said, <laughs> I'm called to ministry. I am called to bring souls to the Lord. So truly, that's what I'm going to be doing. Mm. I'm not going to be sitting at home doing nothing. <laughs> and all of a sudden, out of the blue, he says, you need to be on Catholic radio. And when I heard the exact same words for the second time, totally yeah. unsolicited, I wasn't asking, what mm -hmm. do you think? He said it without, without any prompting from me. I was like, ooh, <laughs> the Lord mm -hmm. is speaking, I think. So I took that to my spiritual director, and I explained the circumstances. And he said, oh, my goodness, absolutely. Go and make an appointment to talk to Angela, who runs the local Catholic radio station, and ask her if she needs help. Um, so I did, and that's exactly what I did. And when I met with her, I thought she was going to say, sure, can you come in and, you know, help tidy up the office or something? She said, do you want your own show? And I was stunned. Amazing. <laughs> and I, I, I hemmed and hawed, and I was like, I <laughs> maybe do. I don't know. I need to pray about that. And I took it to prayer. Third and, confirmation, though, right? But third confirmation. <laughs> the doors kind of just flew open mm -hmm. again. So what ha the Lord had been putting on my heart was, were these words, fullness of life, for several months, like six months or so. And I didn't know why he kept bringing up that term, fullness mm -hmm. of life, fullness of life. And it, finally, when the doors opened for this potential show, it all made sense to me. I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, you want me to talk about how you are fullness of life, Lord, how yeah. living life to the full means following you and being obedient to you and, and really seeking you with mm -hmm. all of our heart. And, and really opening our hearts to see how he gives us so much more than we could ever dream for Far ourselves. Far beyond our wildest dreams. Far beyond our wildest, yeah. exactly. It's a great adventure. Yeah. It really is. And so the, the, the hope of the show really is to show how do we live that fullness of life? Amen. And how do you hope to do that? What is your... So, you know, because we're starting, and, and I'm new to this whole thing of radio, right? This is truly something very new and a little nerve-wracking to me, but I'm, I'm enjoying it, um, is that I'm going to start out slow. I'm going to start out with once a month um, having shows um, to highlight topics of importance within the Catholic faith, uh, things that will hopefully speak to the hearts of our mm -hmm. listeners. Um, I'm going to invite guests that are living fullness of life, uh, writing books about uh, different aspects of evangelization, dis different aspects of the Catholic teaching. Because again, it's important to know your faith in yes. order to live your faith. Yes. And I have met many beautiful people who are Catholic, but they don't necessarily understand their faith. Mm -hmm. So I hope that during the, this show, I can highlight really important things to help our listeners to come to a better understanding of beautiful, important topics in our faith, um, get excited about prayer, about the saints, about you know the sacraments, and, not, mm -hmm. and realizing the power of Christ in the Amen. sacraments, right? Amen. There's so much to talk about, Anne. There's so it. much to talk about. Angels. <laughs> yes. I mean, it, the, the list goes on and it's on. It's endless. It's really endless. And that's where I, why I feel like he's just opened the floodgates again. It's like, okay, come and talk about anything and everything. And you've dedicated this show to... 
the sacred heart of Jesus and the immaculate heart of Mary. And so I always come back to hearts, right? It all started my, my, my um, conversion. It was a conversion of my heart, right? My heart was given fully to the Lord. Then he healed my heart. And now um, my heart burns for him. Mm. And how does it burn? It burns with love the way that their hearts burn for us and for every child of theirs. And so I have such a love and such a link to the the Sacred Heart and the mm-hmm. Immaculate Heart. I consecrated my home to them many years ago, mm-hmm. and I want to consecrate this show to the Sacred Heart and the Immaculate Heart so they can really light the hearts of our listeners on fire. How beautiful. Yeah. How beautiful. And there's also some special saints you have joining you for this ride, right? Absolutely. I I love the saints. Um, so my favorite saints, anyone who knows me knows that the two saints that I walk most closely with or I feel walk most closely with me are St. John Paul II mm-hmm. and St. Catherine of Siena. John Paul II um, is special to me because he was such a beautiful evangelist and uh, every time I saw him or heard him preach, I was almost moved to tears. I had one opportunity where I was in his presence. Mm. I was way at the top of a stadium, a large stadium in St. Louis, uh, when he came to the U.S. and he was uh, presided at a mass in St. Louis, and I was able to be there, and I literally couldn't stop crying the entire time I was at that mass because I knew I was in the presence of holiness. Yeah. I knew I was in the presence of someone who was so Christ-like that to be there, it was like being next to Christ mm-hmm. himself, right? Mm-hmm. It just really blew me away. Um, so he has really been an inspiration to me, and I feel him interceding uh, for me. And he's really one of the first uh, of our Holy Fathers who used media Amen. to evangelize and yes. to get the message of the gospel out. So how how appropriate and that he was he's... bold and he was yes. joyful and mm-hmm. he was just relatable to so many. Mm-hmm. So I just love him so much. Catherine of Siena is special to me because she loved to write strongly worded letters <laughs> and she was bold. Again, I'm a very bold person as most yes, people can tell. <laughs> Um, I am in love with the Lord. I am zealous for the Lord. I want to share my faith with people. And so both St. Catherine and John Paul II have that boldness that mm-hmm. they don't have any fear of, of shouting you know, the good news and, and sharing it broadly. So they both inspire me. Um, the, the last one that I want to dedicate this show to is St. Maximilian Colby. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is because uh, Marytown has been such an important part of my journey. National I, Shrine of St. Maximilian Colby. National Shrine, exactly. And so when I moved up here almost 22 years ago, um, having that shrine within 15, 20 minutes of my house has been such a blessing. Mm-hmm. That has been like a home away from home for me yeah. because every time I'm struggling, I run to the feet of the Lord because they have 24 hour mm-hmm. adoration. And so Beautiful. what a gift, right? Yeah. You can yep. run and go sit face to face with Jesus Christ at any hour of the time mm-hmm. or day, you know? And so it's really been a, a huge, huge part of my journey. And I've learned so much about St. Max and again, his boldness of using media to mm-hmm. share the good news and his love for Our Lady. Yes. And obviously, you know, Our Lady is so important to me because of my conversion in Medjugorje. Mm-hmm. So all of it kind of ties together is just bold uh, saints that proclaim the good news and just did it in a way that I can relate to. So. 
Well, Letty, I'm so excited about all of this. And, you know, if there's one goal and one hope for this whole thing, it's that it will inspire people to seek the Lord in a deeper way, to live that fullness of life that is available to each and every one of us that I know is the burning desire of your heart with the show and with your life in general. So I can't wait to see what the Lord's going to do through the show and who he will bring and how he will touch people through it. Absolutely. Thank you, Anne. And I, I do. I look forward to... Um, really highlighting topics that maybe even are challenging at times, like, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, pro-life issues, things like that, that can be very emotional for people. Mm-hmm. But I, I truly believe, I, I, I'd like to share this as an example. You know, when I was a young woman, I, I thought I was pro, pro-choice because I didn't understand. Yeah. And yeah. once I, I had my conversion and I came to understand what the church teaches and why the church teaches it, I had to become pro-life mm-hmm. because I understood mm-hmm. that it made total sense with the truth of the Bible and all of that, you know. But I've I've walked with people who've had amazing experiences that have dealt with pro-life issues. I, I hope to highlight some of those. Uh, prayer. Our, our lady mm-hmm. in Medjugorje says, pray, pray, pray until prayer becomes a joy for you, until prayer becomes life for you. Mm-hmm. I used to go, what does that mean? <laughs> like that... That just sounds hard. You know, prayer mm-hmm. is hard for so many people. Now, am I there yet? No, I'm not. We're all in process, right? But we're all I mean, striving. And, and yeah. again, it's about striving for holiness of life. Mm-hmm. We are called to be saints, right? And and people, they, they hear it and, and they don't necessarily believe it, right? But we are called to be saints. We are absolutely called to be saints. We Amen. are called to holiness. We are yes. called to greatness yep. in the Lord. Not because we want to be seen as great, but that, that our lives reflect his greatness, mm-hmm. right? Amen. And we do it all in such unique ways because everyone is so individual. Yeah. And so there's an endless opportunity for us all to become those mm-hmm. saints he's calling us to be. And that's what I want to draw people to is all the greatness, the goodness, um, you know, that he calls us. It sounds like it's going to be a wonderful combination of education and inspiration. I I hope so. That is absolutely what I hope. You know, one of the scriptures that kind of inspired um, this title, too, as I was praying on on those words that he kept putting on my heart, fullness of life, is the scripture, John 1, 16, from his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace. Mm from his fullness. He is fullness. Yes. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. And apart from him, you can do nothing. Mm-hmm. And, and I always say, again, it's his grace alone that gets us to where we need to be. Amen. If we try to do anything on our own we energy, crash and burn. we crash and burn <laughs> yep. and we walk away because mm-hmm. it's too hard. Uh, but with his grace, we can do anything. And this radio show is a perfect example of this. You who have no experience with radio are now doing radio. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) And the Lord will bring great graces through this. We'll proclaim it. Um, So thank you all for spending this time with us. I look forward to having you join us again. It's time to conclude our show. If anyone wants to reach out to me, you can send me an email at lettym at wsfiradio.org. That is L-E-T-T-Y-M at wsfiradio.org. Please join us next month on 88.5 FM or wsfiradio.org. Until we meet again, I'm Letty Medina. And I'm Ann Busick. And we're wishing you all his fullness of life. Goodbye. Goodbye.